the Doug Zone. Our influence continues to loom large over the world as a, a hurricane has been named after one of the co-hosts. Uh, shout out to our Florida listeners. Also, you know, take refuge maybe if you're living in Orlando right now. Hurricane Orlando is coming for you. I mean, Ian is coming for you. Damn, can you tell Me that it's late? Yeah, <laughs> Ian is coming to kill you mm-hmm. uh, with a weapon. Yes. How are you today? I'm exhausted, but that's okay. I haven't even done anything today. I don't know why I'm so tired. Yeah, no, I'm about the same. Well, I did. I went for several very long walks. That probably helped tire me out a little bit, but I don't know. Not like particularly long. There's just a lot of moving. But yeah, so it might be another, might be one of our classic, our patented sleepy episodes. I love a good sleepy uh, episode sometimes. Sleepy episodes are good sometimes. Uh, I've got some I've got some stories, some takes for when we uh, really get into things. Mm. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we'll take our time getting there, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been, a, it's been a chill week since we we last met. Uh, and I it, really, did the- it really has been, honestly. Yeah, not much, not much going on, which is fine. It's okay to have a a chill week, a sleepy episode. I do I have actually zero qualms with a sleepy episode, honestly. Yeah, exactly. How awesome is the sleepy episode, everybody? We're just going to keep great. saying it's good until our listeners believe us. How how much do y'all love a sleepy episode? Personally, oh boy, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Uh, I will say, this this week's video upset me. Oh, um, yeah. It was... Hmm. Hmm. Let's just jump into that. This is one of Doug's... It's one of those videos where Doug is just giving his actual opinion, and those are never good. No. I they never lead like anywhere those. good. Uh, this was his old versus new on Lord of the Rings, where he has the, uh, <laughs> you know, he has the uh, the Ralph Bakshi version Mm-hmm. which he compares to the Peter Jackson films. Um, which, you and, know, if you're thinking about it, it should be very clear which one. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Bakshi movies, which suck and are just not good. I mean, you can enjoy watching them, but you've got to go into it knowing like, oh boy, this is not going to be good. Um, Like even like... The things where he was comparing scenes. He was like, yeah, I like this character much more. And you're looking at it and it's like this shitty rotoscoped dude floating around, not even really touching the ground. And you're like, well, how is this a better Aragorn? What are you saying, man? Right. Um, my real takeaway from this video was that it is crazy how how accurate Mip in Smiling Friends is as a parody of the Lord of the Rings, like the animated Frodo. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfect. It's It's a thing of beauty. But yeah, he goes through, you know, he does his classic old versus new thing. And just like the uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, he's like, well, it is better. But it isn't the older one. So, sorry. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and he, I think because he understood 
that he could only go so far with his bad take. He did ultimately give the win to the Peter Jackson movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but not as close as I'd like it to be. I want to yeah, be clear about this. It was because of a tiebreaker, like the very end. I don't even remember what the tiebreaker was. Uh, oh, it was for the story, <laughs> which he thinks is better executed in the uh, the Peter Jackson one. I'll tell you, I was really expecting it to be like a Tom Bombadil guy, like one of the guys who's really mad that he wasn't in the Peter Jackson movies. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, he didn't bring that up. I think it's it's possible that he just isn't in the Bakshi version either, and that's why. Uh, because Doug strikes me as the sort of person to use that if he can. Um I also mm-hmm. like that side characters and antagonists were separate Two categories. Separate, yeah, yeah, For which sure. is which is fine. But then he puts Gollum under side characters, uh, which bold move. Uh, not, considering not that antagonist, you know, just <laughs> considering that, like the second half of the story is driven by Gollum's desire to murder Frodo. It's, baller moves to go yeah but you know he's a side character i wouldn't call him a, i wouldn't call him a villain um he's which, a complicated guy yeah and villains as we all know are never complicated there's never anything that makes them like remotely sympathetic or that humanizes them a little bit no they're all just pure evil if you aren't sauron you're a side character unless uh, you're a mustache twirling tying people to trans you might be a side character yeah <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy taking a writing class and like, if you had literally any bad thing happen to you ever, you might be a side character. You're like, damn, so true. Go off, Jeff. Uh, let's see. Hmm. There's a comments don't have much going on. I'm going to be real. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you did a have a particularly bad take where he was like, I don't like Sauron because you see him in the Peter Jackson movies. Um, which. What do you want, Doug? Yeah. Weird take. He was like, yeah, Sauron, this man who, you know, within, if you read the Silmarillion, uh, or you could, instead of doing that, you could have sex in high school, but I read the Silmarillion. Um, and you know, you know, Sauron was like the Lieutenant to Morgoth, who is functionally the cause of all evil in the world. And Doug's like, this this Sauron fellow seems a little monstrous to me. It's like, well, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know, know what to, you. I don't know what I don't to tell you, to tell dude. You. His his justification for why he thinks that Aragorn is better is he's like, yeah, he like looks old and shitty. <laughs> why do you like Aragorn in this? I don't know. Just look at him. Yeah, look at this guy. Um. Oh, I also I would be remiss if I didn't notice if I didn't mention that he just like drops an R word two minutes into he the does. video. He really does. Um, in reference to Keanu Reeves, I believe. <laughs> which, which rocks. Great. Um, Incredible. <laughs> as we know, I've been diagnosed with ADHD, so I am allowed to say it. But, you know, out of respect, I'm not going to. It's the only R word I'll be dropping. Um, but damn, Keanu Reeves, it is crazy. I think. There are very few actors who have as wide of a berth in like their like movies that they're really good in and movies that they are just awful in. I mean, we've all seen him in SPF 18. <laughs> in like, what was it? One scene? He's in two scenes. He's in I two think. scenes. All no, right. Well, like his voiceover is <laughs> in one scene and then he's ah. actually in another scene. Of course, of course. 
Yeah, because you know sometimes you get you get a Matrix, you get a John Wick, where the fact that he is a blank slate who is incapable of acting is kind of the point. Uh, and then you know every now and then you get him in Knock hot Knock. Hot takes on Keanu Reeves. Okay, I don't think that's that hot of a take, is it? He's just not good at acting, I which don't is know. fine. People love him. Yeah, but like people love him because they're like, yeah, like in the John Wick movies, he like looks so downtrodden all the time. It's like, well, yeah, dude, his wife died in a car crash in real life. Or maybe cancer. I don't remember which one it was. But like, he was just kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> this wasn't acting. Yeah. He should go to therapy. Yeah, and then like you watch the Matrix movies and like the, the only like real acting he does is like in the scene where he like wakes up in the Matrix and he's like, oh shit, this doesn't seem good. And like gets flushed down the toilet. Um, Love that. What incredible films. Uh, but no, and then, you know, other times when you have him in like a role where he's supposed to like express emotions, like, and like I said, like Knock Knock, just truly an atrocious film in general. Um, I have never heard of this movie. Oh, it rocks. So the premise of this movie is it's basically like, what if women were rapists? Uh, and that's pretty much the whole movie uh, is uh, Keanu Reeves plays a devoted husband uh, and then his his wife is like his wife and children are out of town, and these two girls knock on his door, and then like explicitly state that they're underage, and then like coerce him into having sex with them on film. Uh, and then what the like fuck? yeah, and then they later on they I think they post the video to his Facebook. Uh, and then like the last scene is them going like, actually, we're both eighteen. We just like ruining married men's lives. Bye. Uh, and then they leave. Uh, it's wow. just, it's an awful film. I think it's by the same guy who did Hostel, which explains mm-hmm. a lot about it. And does it have uh, the same vibe as Hostel? Yeah, it's the same vibe as Hostel. Where it's like, Hostel yeah, it's the same vibe where it's like, I bet you weren't expecting this fucked up thing. And you're, and you're I mean, like, I, this is the third fucked up thing you've shown me in the past five minutes. And it's like, like ooh. And also, like, as a side note, I absolutely was, dude. You think I thought that nail gun in the back of the frame wasn't going to get used? I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's just the, a movie full of Chekhov's gun. <laughs> it's, it's like if Chekhov's gun, every time he pulled it out, every other character was like, wow, how clever of you to reveal this weapon. I didn't realize it was going to be used. Uh, and you're like, okay. It's like, you know, the, uh, the, the great Fine. hard times headline where it's like Tom sighs after walking into frame and realizing that cheese grater isn't part of the matte painting in the background. Uh, it's like that that's the energy of a movie like hostel where you're like yeah okay what a surprise it's like playing a video game and you're trying to figure out what objects you can interact with (laughs) yeah and one of them is like glowing and sitting in the foreground Mm -hmm. yeah man what what a bad movie i don't like hostel uh it's fine it's like if saw was somehow less creative uh i stand by the first saw movie the first saw movie's good it is uh, very good. You know, its politics are as insane and evil as all the other Saw movies. But well, like, it's Saw. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you expect? But uh, no, it's it's good. Like as a film, it works. The problem is then that they gave everybody involved buckets of money, and they're like, "Here you go, mm-hmm. do it again, ten more times." You know how that <laughs> really good self-contained movie where you needed one set was like super cool how you did it and everything. What if you did it? What if there was a reverse bear trap? Um, 
Which is pretty sick. Whoever came up yeah. with that, pretty sick. No, yeah, there's a couple like things in like the later Saw movies that are pretty cool. I honestly, I don't think I've watched anything after like Saw Two because I was just kind of like, yeah, the first three are all right. Yeah, where I was like, I can tell the direction this is going. Something tells me these will be diminishing returns from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I've seen like a couple like scenes from other Saw movies, and by the end of it, I'm just looking at them like John, Mister Kramer. I feel like the resources that you expended suspending a double-ended chainsaw over a woman who's cheating on her two boyfriends. I feel like this, mm-hmm. these this could have been feel necessary. These could have been put to use doing literally anything else. I can't wait till they do that to, to Ned Fulmer, formerly of the Try Guys, <laughs> where he puts his wife and the employee he was sleeping with in the... <laughs> and then they, they unite and just saw him in half instead. Yeah. <laughs> that is the crazy thing about that scene is that I don't know if you've seen this one. I don't remember. Yeah, when I this have. Occurred. Yeah, uh, that it's like it's viewed a as later like Saw movie. It's like it, it's framed as this like epic bro moment. Um, also, it's like in public, right? Yeah, it's like in public. Like, There's like a giant glass box, and like one guy like hits the box once, and then the entire crowd seems to be like, "Well, well guess there's nothing it. to be done. Better start recording." Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's wild because it's like framed because the two guys decide. We're like, no, we're not going to kill each other. We're going to let the saw descend and slowly, agonizingly tear apart this woman we both thought we loved earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay. Okay. I mean, I guess she's technically the bad guy of the three. But like, personally, I don't think that cheating on someone is deserving of an agonizing death, you know, and maybe that's like, where we're different. Matt. <laughs> you know, maybe like getting dragged on social media and losing your shitty Buzzfeed career perhaps. But, um, okay. Full disclosure. I, I still don't really know who the try guys are. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why anybody cares about this. This was like <laughs> Gen Z's John Mulaney, you uh. know, where everyone found out he was cheating on his wife and then he was like, but they, but he said, he said he loved her on stage. <laughs> Hold on, but hold on. Do you really think someone would do that? Go on the internet and tell lies? Uh, he, said, he said he loved his wife. You know what I mean? Why yeah, did he it, love his wife? <laughs> he lied? It is undeniably very funny. Like the, the screenshots I've seen of his like Twitter, of his YouTube page where it's like 10 minutes of them being the best couple. It's like, oof, this is pretty brutal, dude. He did fully build his brand on having a wife. Which, like, if I you do that, that, you can't cheat on your wife. You, you can't. shouldn't, in general. To be clear, Especially I'm Especially not an- with an employee. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm anti-sleeping with your employees. I'm anti-cheating on your wife. I'm particularly anti-cheating on your wife with your employees. And all of this goes double if you are a man who has built a reputation off of being a cool dude who loves his wife. Um... But also, I mean, what a surprise. A male feminist who works at BuzzFeed turns out to be a creep. Like, I feel like that's just the way that you should approach all of them. Just default. Um, you should assume they're cheating on their wives. Yeah. That is the good thing about growing up sort of, <coughs> you know, never like a fully red-pilled culture war guy. But growing up sort of not on like the SJW side of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is that I always knew that BuzzFeed sucked. Um no, I had a BuzzFeed phase. Yeah, which is fine. You're allowed to have a BuzzFeed phase. I know, I still know people who uh, defend Unsolved, uh, yeah, which, is, fine. which is fine. I'm sure it's good. I just saw the word BuzzFeed and went, nah, not for me. Uh, and that's all right, I think. 
just I like a sleepy episode. Why I left BuzzFeed videos. Oh, those do rock. Those are great. Um, I will watch any why I left BuzzFeed video. <laughs> what was the uh, in, in Bojack Horseman, you know, to channel our inner, inner millennials for a moment? Uh-huh. What was the name of the uh, the company that Diane worked for? That oh, was Girl Crush. Girl Crush, yes. Um, I think a lot about the joke where she's like, oh, we're, we're negotiating with our unionizing writers, and it just shows them fumigating the building. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... Of course he cheated on his wife. Yeah, of course he did. And that's even even people that like worked with him at BuzzFeed were like, we're not surprised. <laughs> that rips. That is so cool to find out that your coworker cheated on his wife and then tweet publicly like, yeah, I believe that. Uh- <laughs> I wish I could find it, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Also, the, the guy who cheated posted like, I just, my focus hasn't been on my family and it should be. It's like, yeah, dude, we know. Yeah. Also, losing focus on your family and sleeping with somebody else seem like two different things to me. Yeah, that is awesome. I think if I if I ever like have to apologize for something serious, like I'm just imagining myself now, like I'm the police after a series of just brutal murders in a town, they receive a, a videotape from the killer. And mm-hmm. it's just me sitting down and focusing the camera, and I go. Hey guys, uh, you know, just the classic YouTuber apology video move. <laughs> he he tweets, family should have always been my priority, but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. You were her <laughs> boss. You did not. That's also so awesome. You go like, I should have been focusing on my family, but I did not rape this girl. <laughs> uh, and you're like, oh, good. I'm sorry Thank you for, for clarifying. Any, I'm sorry for any pain my actions may have caused to the guys <laughs> and the fans, but most of all to Ariel. The only thing that matters right now is my marriage and my children, and that's where I'm going to focus my attention. Unrelated, but I've been fired. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's so sick. I I love like it, that energy of apology. Apparently, the girl he cheated on his wife with dressed up as Yoko Ono for Halloween last year. Ooh, that is an <laughs> ominous act of foreshadowing. <laughs> also, Which is I, really good. That is so sick. Oh, how little we knew. I, I do have to say, Yoko Ono is up there with, like, Anita Sarkeesian in terms of, like, women who I really wish I could like, but, God, she really does just suck. Um, You know, like... Yeah. I, she definitely is not the reason the Beatles broke up, and it is wild that she had to spend, like, 30 years just getting accused of breaking up the Beatles. But she's also not a good musician. She is a lunatic, like anything she's yeah no to be clear good for her but like you know i was like i wish she did break up the beatles i (laughs) wish it was her fault yeah i wish that she was the one who shot john lennon um maybe she was who knows (laughs) (laughs) if you rearrange the letters of mark david chapman and replace most of them with other letters it spells out yoko ono Uh, That used to be my favorite bit was whenever I wanted to like pretend something was an anagram, I'd be like, if you rearrange and replace the letters of this, it spells out this other thing. I like that. Are you wearing a Top Gun pen on your Mitski shirt? Yeah, dude. I um, <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's a good combination. It is an it's exercise in irony. Vibe. I also wear it with my Carly Rae Jepsen hoodie. <laughs> um, okay. Which hits a little less hard because, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen's dad didn't like overthrow governments in the 80s like Mitski's uh, did. But, you know. We can't all be that cool. <laughs> what can you do? Uh, 
it is very cool. That's just a thing that happened. And I, I've only seen like one or two people ever bring that up. Um, what did Mitsuki, who was Mitsuki's dad? What, oh, he was what like did... a CIA agent. Like he overthrew governments in, hang on, what country was it? Uh, I think it was in the Congo, but he like was in the Congo as a CIA agent, like a couple years before it's like democratically elected government got overthrown. Um, oh, which is cool. It's very cool. <laughs> Just be sick. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And now she's out there. And to be clear, I am a fan. I have a hoodie. Um, but you know, just like Grimes, it's sometimes when I'm listening, I just go, hmm, that's an interesting lyric. You uh, just that, huh? Hmm. What is it about the cowboy that appeals to you, Mitski? Why is it that you so strongly identify with this colonizing force of American violence? <laughs> hmm. Uh, <laughs> but no, ultimately, I can't judge her. But yes, putting my Top Gun pin on the uh, on my my girly musician favorites uh, is is a move that will never not get funny to me. I bought it at a military surplus store. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's powerful. The vibes are very good. They're yeah. spot on. Yeah, this is that's the that's the thing that I think guys like uh try hard cheater, I don't know his name and I refuse to Ned. learn. Ned. Ned. That sucks so bad, dude. <laughs> I I try not to make fun of people for their names cuz like, you know, that's your parents' Ned mistake, Ford. not yours. Wow, you cannot sound that close to Ned Flanders and you expect can't. to get away with it. <laughs> I had diddly diddly deed my customer. I mean, not customer, uh-oh, employee. Um, somehow a relationship with a customer would be much would less, be bad. less bad. It yeah. would be less bad. But Apparently he cheated on her like at a Harry Styles concert. Like they were in, like, why did they think God, their demographic wouldn't be? So bad. Like, what is BuzzFeed's demographic? <laughs> 23 year olds what is harry styles demographic 23 year olds yeah as you can say they both share the the same demographic which is like the worst people that you know yeah Um, people i don't want to hang out with but that's besides the point yeah um but like yeah people who are impressed when a boring white man wears a dress yeah and have nothing better white uh Wears like a rhinestone cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. This is a very specific person, but that's no, okay. but it's it's an that's evocative correct. image. We all a know boa, we know that they have a boa. Yeah. <laughs> a I, uh, white cowboy boots specifically. All of which are being worn to the Harry Styles concert for some reason. Yes. Uh, like, I'm British. Uh, I know that's not how he talks, but that's how I hear him in my head. Thank you all for wearing the uh, the gay cowboy hats as requested. Uh, Apparently, he gave like at Madison Square Garden. They gave boas to everyone who saw him. Like that was a legitimate thing they did. All right. Um, it must be so easy to make a brand like that if you're a famous white man. Just be like, I like yeah, you the just, color pink. Yeah, you and just as you like, say, loses their shit. You just need to be conventionally attractive, star in like some of the worst movies ever made. And then be like, but also, I wear a dress sometimes to get in touch with I my feminine skirts side. I think are comfortable. Yeah. Which, like, A, yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, that's not a point in favor of any one side on the Is Matt Trans debate, to be clear. Just an objective statement. Um, clothing doesn't have inherent gender. Clothing no. doesn't have inherent <laughs> gender. So re-examine your biases next time yeah. you see me pull up in a dress and heels. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Um, but, but no, yeah, that's you just need to be like a milk toast white guy and then express mm-hmm. the barest minimum of femininity. Paint your nails, wear lipstick once. Paint your nails, wear lipstick once, get a single piercing. Uh, and then wear like a mesh shirt. Yeah. And then Which I don't know why, but like mesh shirts, men love a good mesh shirt to express their femininity, even though no woman can wear a mesh shirt because their titties will be out. Yeah, I was going to say, and to be clear, they should not. Men, I mean, they look awful. Um, I hate the like fishnet fabric ones. Yeah. And Those to be clear, are bad. I don't know if they look good on women either. I think you just, I'd be a little distracted by other features. Other uh, things you know? going on under the shirt. Yeah, or you'd be like, damn, this rocks. Oh, you're wearing a shirt. Uh, okay, oh, you know, could take that uh-huh. or leave it. But like, mm-hmm. big fan. Um, <laughs> big fan of whatever you got going on. However. It's so empowering. Uh, but uh yeah no it's it is crazy i wish you know if i was just slightly more attractive and then born like 10 years earlier mm-hmm. boom i'd be golden um, it'd be so easy i would be i would be starring opposite florence Pugh in a movie made by olivia wilde uh i the, the drama release that, yeah. yeah the drama on that has been insane to follow and it is very funny that by all accounts it is for just like the most middling movie of all time um which i mean like i said when i think it was i think it was with izzy i don't remember who it was but i saw a trailer for it in theaters and i was like wow this movie looks like it'd be really good if it had anything to say other than damn being a woman in the 50s probably wasn't great uh which apparently it was supposed to have like some interesting stuff going on but it went through like a bunch of rewrites i don't know i never saw it no, yeah, and I, I like believe that, and I honestly, to be clear, I'd probably enjoy watching it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I love the cinematographer for it. He has done some really good stuff in the past, and I know that's the amount of things that like a time period setting and a good cinematographer can make me look fast. Oh, crazy. Yeah, dude. yeah, and I know that like praising the cinematographer in a movie is the most college white guy thing to do. It sucks, but it sucks, but it's but true. It's, like, it is true. And like, even when I watched the trailers, I was like, damn, this looks really good, even if it looks bad. Uh, a pretty movie will put me, like, I'll sit through a lot of shit oh, if yeah. it looks pretty. That's why I watch most A24 movies, even the ones where I'm like, oh, it was about trauma the whole time? Wow. You mean every A24 movie where yeah. it's about trauma the whole time? Yeah, all the A24 horror movies. I do love The Green Knight. I will defend The Green Knight. Um, You'll defend The Green Knight? Interesting. Yeah, I've I mean, not heard much defense of the Green Knight. Yeah, it helps that I think I was like, I was in the perfect demographic of people who grew up reading Arthurian legend and also mm-hmm. watched none of the trailers, and so were not expecting an adventure movie. Um, so you were just pleasantly surprised the whole time. Yeah, so I was just like, wow, this looks really pretty, and what a fun subversion of the pre-established tropes. Ooh, that's one thing Doug doesn't bring up is like cinematography score. Yeah, yeah. as you say, not you can tell he was trying to load the deck in the favor of the animated yeah. one because he doesn't bring up the soundtrack, you know, like one of the most iconic and beloved movie soundtracks ever written. It's crazy. Like, who talks about <laughs> Lord of the Rings and doesn't bring up the score? Yeah, a soundtrack that is so good that the Hobbit movies just like straight up ripped it off instead of writing said, their own we're music. we do that one, but again. Yeah, and it wasn't even like, we're going to like rewrite it. They were just like, actually, we're going to play... Is no one was upset about it. Well, I was a little upset. Okay. But people were like, okay, we can hear it again. Perfect. 
Yeah, it wasn't entirely a bad thing. It was just that a couple times they would like use like themes for specific characters when other things are going on. Yeah, it's like not well, that character's theme. Yeah, it's like well, it's like why is the Ring Riders theme playing? They're running away from a fire. What's about to occur? Uh, or whatever. I don't remember You're the exact instances. You're watching on your toes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, hang on, that doesn't make sense. And I mean, in general, The Hobbit wasn't quite as good. But no, you know, it wasn't. It was it, pretty. Yeah, just like with the soundtrack. You're like, well. I'm glad to return it was to this world. good to listen world. to and good to look at. Exactly. And sometimes that's all that it needs. And sometimes that's all it needs. Uh, my favorite part is when they reveal at the end that the ring is just a metaphor for intergenerational trauma. Yeah. See, because it gets passed down from <laughs> Bilbo to Frodo. And it's like, you know, it's about it's about passing on one's burdens. And he's finally able to, like, get rid of it. And so he doesn't he doesn't pass it on to his, you know sexism became patriarchy patriarchy became systemic and for 12,000 years <laughs> my great great grandfather being rude to my great great grandmother once passed from all living memory until a white girl wrote an op-ed uh, but <laughs> um, I am ragging on A24 so I should be clear even that most is of almost their, every movie. Yeah, a, yeah, a, that's almost every movie now, which is because the A24 movies, at least initially, did it well, right? Like mm-hmm. Hereditary, a movie which... Great movie. Yeah, a movie, it's very good. And also, like, from the title alone, it's not being shy about what the theme is here. No. Um, but it pulls it off very well. Uh, I really liked Hereditary. Hereditary was really good. I, I had a friend a while ago, and she messaged me. She was like... Matt, should I watch Hereditary? I was like, oh yeah, damn. It's one of the best horror movies I've ever watched. Uh, and then two hours later, so like at one in the morning, she texted me. She was like, Matt, I just watched Hereditary by myself and I'm scared. And I was like, what? I didn't, I didn't I mean said, watch it right world? now. <laughs> I meant like in the future, I recommend it. I generally uh, recommend it not to watch it alone at midnight. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Baller move. Um, yeah. I realized I was like, yeah, in retrospect, I probably should have been a little more clear about the you conditions. You say it was a horror movie. Yeah, she knew what she was getting into. I just don't think she knew what she was getting into. It's a it's a hard movie to know what you're getting into. Unless yeah, that is a very good point. Specific things about it. <laughs> like, check this out. Peanut allergy and phone poles. You're not going to think those two connect, but oh boy, when oh they boy. do. Oh boy. It makes an impact, as they it say. It certainly does. <laughs> it is really weird that that girl's now like posting thirst traps on Instagram. Is she really? Yeah, because she, you know, she has some uh, disorder. I don't remember what it is, but it makes her look way younger than she is. So she's mm-hmm. actually like nineteen. Um, uh, so she's, it, well, she's technically old enough that I can't say she shouldn't be doing that. Uh. It's still weird. It's still weird because she looks seven. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as like all the people, you know, like the 40 the year old moms who are like, I would love to fuck Finn Wolfhard. And, and you're like, like, I know he's an adult, but he plays a 12 year old. He plays a 12 year old and you've seen him play. The reason that you want to fuck him is because you've seen him play a 12 year old. Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. like you're into, you're 40. You're not like, I really love his band. I love Calpurnia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> their cover of say it ain't so is so good um yeah you're, you you want to fuck him because he plays will and will is like 13 yeah let me just say 
Man, the, the clock really is running out on Stranger Things. I never watched season four. I'm told that there was a time skip, so they're like in high school now, which I guess is good. Mm-hmm. But they are running out of time. Those kids, frankly, stopped being cute a while ago uh, and now just are teenagers. It's weird because, like, one of them was like 30 when the show started and also just like looks really young. So he looks like the same age. No, oh, is that like uh, Will? Yeah, yeah. Will is older, I think. That feels right. There's one of them that's older. But yeah. And then like, the others are just like teenagers. Aging around him, yes. Yeah, it's like, it's the same as what happened. We, we should do Dear Evan Hansen for the Patreon. Um, the movie? The movie. It is so oh, powerful. Oh no. You have, you, you're, I guess, I don't know I'm if you've seen it. I'm aware of its existence. Yeah, yeah. The, the best thing about it is that they have Ben Platt. Well, Ben Platt's like uncle funded it. Yeah, his dad was the producer. Yeah, uh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, no, so like Ben Platt, right, who looks 27. He does not look old. He just doesn't look like a high schooler either. And there's a couple things you could do around this. One, you could cast someone else who looks younger. But his dad was the producer, so that one was off the table. Two, you could, you know, maybe just, I don't know, go for like, Sam Raimi Spider-Man rules. We're like, yeah, all these high schoolers are going to look set in, like in their twenties. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Or three, you could do what this movie did: cast him alongside like thirteen-year-olds. Yeah, you could cover him with makeup to try and make Ooh. him look younger, which Ooh. will then make him look Ooh. way older. In every shot, Ooh. he looks like forty. He doesn't Ooh. look that old normally, but because of they like caked his face with makeup, he looks so young. And then he's like, you know, singing love songs to a high school girl. And you're like, I hate it. Call the police on this man. I do not like him uh, because everybody else looks their age. Yeah, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do Dear Evan Hansen for the Patreon. I don't know what it's on, but we'll figure it out. Let's look that up. Let's see if I'll have to pay for this because that will change things. Dear Evan Hansen. I don't know. I don't want to go see the musical. That one's bad enough, but no, I'm looking for the movie. Dear Evan Hansen, movie. Watch movie. Oh, it's on HBO Max. Perfect. That's right. Or, I can do this. Or on Amazon Prime Video for $15. Which I got HBO Max. We're good. Yeah, eventually, we'll have to get to the point where we're spending more for a single Patreon episode than we make from it in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay just, just we bought a private jet for a single patreon episode and then crashed it into the ocean uh that'll be yeah. our last patreon episode our last patreon episode is us live streaming a suicide attack on well who knows i'm just saying they shouldn't have built the world trade center again that is that's one of my that's one of my actual takes actually as you know they should have learned their lesson no, it's like if we live in the fantasy world where this was just Osama bin Laden doing it, they shouldn't have rebuilt it. This was a sign from God. Those towers were not meant to be up. I don't know. It just feels like an act of hubris to go like, yeah, we'll build a tall building right there again. Um, is this a weird take? Yeah. I guess, okay, I guess it is. Going uh, rebuilding after tragedy is an act of hubris. But... <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck, Matt? <laughs> I'm not married to this take. This isn't one of my strongly held convictions, but it is an intuition I have. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. 
very notably, the first time we tried this, it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it won't again. I'm just saying I feel like we should take that into consideration. Uh, (laughs) It would be one thing if they built like the same exact building. Yeah, that's like that's my other it, thing. Is I was going to say that's the other thing I've said is if they rebuild, if they had to rebuild, they should have rebuilt exactly the towers, um, like not even like fix the yeah, architectural would, problems. Would that be like a form of hubris. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying you got to double down on it. You got to commit. You can't do this mm-hmm. pussy shit where you like rebuild, but it's a different building that's like safer uh, and won't like cook people alive uh, <laughs> or mysteriously fall at free fall speeds and pancake in on itself. Uh, in two symmetrical ways after being asymmetrically damaged by two different planes. But, you know, either way, I think you should uh, oh my God. <laughs> build the exact same thing. Uh, it also like would have been funny. I like the idea that the Twin Towers were built like a prop chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to elaborate. I just think that's funny. No, you don't need to. That's good. That that works. Yeah. <laughs> Is the same. I think, or we could have. What we could have done is not rebuilt either of the towers. Nothing to replace them, but they rebuild Building Seven. Uh, mm, okay. And then you know, at like the uh, at the ceremony to reopen it, like they cut the ribbon, and then the building just collapses behind them again. And I'm like, oh, what a mystery! <laughs> mm. <laughs> How did this happen? Uh, <laughs> what we and, really need is for America to turn world tragedies into like ARGs. Like, give us QR codes, give us coordinates, let us figure it out. (laughs) No, I I like that. That would also be very funny if, like, what they should have done before doing 9-11, the Bush administration should have, like, found just 12 different schizophrenic people throughout throughout America and just, like, sent an agent over to hand them the coordinates of the World Trade Center and the time that the planes would impact. Uh... Just for fun. Just for fun. It's not even really a psyop. It's just fucking with one dude in particular. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, just like the day before, like on September 10th. Do you imagine? Do you imagine what that would do to me specifically if I woke up on September 10th to find a letter? Just like like, a man in a suit looked at you and said tomorrow and walked away. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's the same. It's the exact same. It's like, you know. The question I asked you a few episodes back about what you would do if I posted something like soon it will come to fruition. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, if something comes to fruition, that bit looks pretty rough. (laughs) Uh, No, I on a let's see, hang on. I did have some notes because I I had a couple things that I just thought about over mm -hmm. the uh, over the week. Let me see what I've got here. Actually, on a similar note to this one. Uh, I've I've been thinking again about my desire. To, like, if I had like a decent camera uh, mm-hmm. and like a place to film, I would love to make like bread tube style videos about like my beliefs. Uh, right. You know, I, I think I might have riffed this one out before, but I, I was yeah, thinking about so it again. Yeah, so I'm thinking like contrapoint style, where you're in like yeah. costumes. And, no, like, exactly. You're, like, in the bathtub. Yeah. So like, there's, there's like, like bisexual lighting. lighting on me. Yeah. There's bisexual mm-hmm. lighting and like gemstones falling in the background, and I'm like. So on 9-11, I just think it's interesting that they made like a 330 degree corkscrew turn when he couldn't land a single engine Cessna aircraft, you know? Meow. No, I just just don't think we're looking at things the way we should be, guys. And then like another another character who is dressed in a cartoonishly masculine fashion walks in and says like, 
I believe the government. And then I, I own him with facts shoot and logic. Him in the head. And then I shoot him in the head. That would be so awesome. Because <laughs> I, I would also, I think what I'd do is I would have to like couch it in something. So like the first one I'd probably call like conspiracy theories and analysis. And then just like two minutes in, I would get like full on squibs, uh, like a blank. I would have someone shoot the gun at me from just off frame and like have the squib detonate. So just blood sprays everywhere and I fall to the earth. Uh, and then maybe like it, James Gunn's Suicide Squad style, the blood would spell out like conspiracy mm-hmm. uh, on the wall or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just the idea of a I very, very, a very well-produced thing that looks like it's going to be like a why voting matters video or like a, why men don't cry enough in movies. Uh, <laughs> and then f- five minutes in, I, the prestige occurs and... You learned that that is, in fact, not the video you have gotten yourself into. You have to make it to where it's too late into the video for people to decide not to watch it. Yeah, it's like, like you're already invested in my character. Oh, you watched cat the first girl. half. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, maybe that's why I, I like. I state different like definitions of conspiracy theories. Um, maybe I like very, very briefly as a sidebar acknowledge that the CIA pushed for that term to be spread around a little more in the seventies. And then I go on, I still like, I keep doing, and I like talk about like maybe like some racist or anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. And then I go like, but what about the ones that are true? Uh, and then it goes like- The next shot is you talking in front of a bookcase with like a glass of wine. But if you zoom in, every book in the bookcase is programmed to kill. <laughs> I've like, I've made individual like dust jackets in different colors. So <laughs> yeah. it's harder to tell. Um Different colors, different sizes. And then a, a, a similar bit that I was thinking of is a, 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 a cafe in the town I go to school at uh, has open mic nights. And, Perfect. you know, similar energy, but slightly different. I've imagined just like writing out like a five minute presentation on program to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like, all right, you got five minutes. And I just walk up there and just unfold a piece of paper and I just go, Program to Kill is a work of investigative journalists. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just read out the plot to Program to Kill. There are no jokes. I don't even look up once. I just read out my five minutes and then walk away. I love that. And I am dangerously close to actually doing that. Uh, so, walk directly from the stage out the door. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't stay. I don't. I walk in immediately as my five minutes start, and then I walk out right after they end. I have seen no other acts. As far as I know, everybody <laughs> else has else done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those, those have been my, my, little, my little thoughts, just my fun ways to jump scare people with conspiracies. <laughs> uh, I think that's very good. I also, have you seen, I guess we're going to talk about another movie that uh, is torture porn adjacent. Are you familiar with uh, Michael Haneke's Funny Games? It's good. Torture point adjacent? I don't know if I'd recommend it, but it's good. Um, so As someone who's seen Hostel and Saw. It is more unpleasant than those. Is it? Hmm. But okay, in an intentional way. gory shit. <clears throat> well, so that's the thing. It's not gory at all. So oh. A, it is a shot-for-shot remake of a movie by the of the exact same title that he made 10 years earlier Perfect. in German. Uh 
I love it. But shot he was for like, shot remakes are the most interesting thing in the world to me. Yeah, and I think it's like the only one I've ever seen done by the director with a bigger budget. Yeah. But he basically was like, "Well, I want to do this again, but why fix it? Why fix what isn't broken?" So he just switched the script to English, hired American actors, and then filmed in America instead of filming it in Austria because it is yeah, very I much want, a. I want to watch this. This sounds like it has a very weird, uncanny valley feeling to it. There are two non-diegetic songs in the entire movie, yes. uh, and they are both like experimental screamo jazz oh, that play yeah. at the very oh, beginning and at the very end. Um, but no, so the, the, the premise of the movie, uh, and I won't spoil it now that you want to watch, maybe that's what we'll discuss for the Patreon next week. Uh, you can get a rip of it off of YouTube for free. Um, okay, what is it called? Or so I'm told. Uh, Funny Games by Michael Haneke. I think it was 2007. Um, but it's very good. But just a general thing about it is the uh, all of the violence occurs just off screen, with one very notable exception. Uh, right. Because, you know, the point of it is him going like, you know, it's like I've always said, I love media that hates you for watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and, you like know, the, you want to see this, don't you? Yeah. You're not going to. Yeah, and so he the entire time it like denies any of the sort of like cathartic release you would get from like watching mm-hmm. the slasher like uh and sometimes it is like literally just off screen so like someone will like swing a like swing a bat and then you just hear a thud and then other times it's like in another room or whatever. Right. Um but it's it's very good. Uh, and I I afterwards I remember that a podcast I had liked a while ago had covered it. So I was like, "Well, let's see what they have to say on it." And I searched it up and I got Whew, oh boy, it was a it was a podcast hosted all by white women, which is a dangerous start in general. All right. Oh boy, they have some bad takes on movies, let me tell you. And I listened all the way through because I clicked on it and I was like, well, let's see what they've got to say. Um, you said, well, this should be good. Well, and it starts with them going, so we've all had a weird week lately. And one of the other hosts is like, uh, yeah, you mean the attack on the U.S. Capitol? And I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is a perfect time capsule. So they were filming it like right after the January 6th riot. And oh, boy, they were all upset about it. They spent like 20 minutes talking about that. Um, And then, you know, the the premise of the podcast was that one of them would watch a movie and then explain it to the other two hosts, which it sounds solid. But then the other two hosts were like, fuck this movie. This feels pretentious. And the one who watched the movie was like, well, I think it's I think it's actually pretty good and making some like decent points. And one of the other ghosts was like, what's this Michael Haneke guy done to win over the audience's respect? And she was like, well, he's like, I think he won an Oscar. And she's like, oh, well, I haven't heard of him. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. The, <laughs> if I haven't heard of him, he doesn't exist argument. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. This is actually not a famous movie. Um, I didn't know my ex was on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, uh, Michael Haneke's Funny Games is definitely more obscure than Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. I will never <laughs> get over that take. But <laughs> it's a crazy take. Yeah, but um, anyway, the the only other like thing they said over it that I really wanted to address is in like the very beginning when the two killers have sort of like started to like sort of like a squeeze their way into the home and it's a very like uncomfortable scene because they're basically just taking mm-hmm. advantage of social niceties so there's right. no way that they can like say like okay it's time for you to leave my house now um one of the girls is like this is why i wish i had like cia training so i could just kill people when they came into my house i was like 
oh yes yes this podcast was no, made in a yeah. lab for me specifically this <laughs> rules you're gonna um, look it up and it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i look it up and it's like good evening this podcast was an experiment by harvard's psychological studies department we have received the data we need thank you um <laughs> so yeah anyway i don't know if i recommend it like i said because it is a hard movie to watch there's like a 10 minute static shot that's just like two people crying um but oh boy it's good you know one of the fu- one of the weirdest like movies that i think exists is like the psycho remake yeah the psycho remake is really weird and Isn't not it bizarre? good <laughs> it's really bad but it's a shot for shot remake of the original like timing and everything you can play them next to each other and yeah. it's the same movie but it, one of them is just bad it's yeah. incredible and that's the thing about a shot for shot remake if it's there's only two ways where those can be good one is if it's like a fan thing right like i've seen like shot for shot remakes of like star wars that have just been like uploaded to youtube and it's just like three high school kids yeah it's like three high school kids in their backyard with like an insane amount of time and effort and like Mm -hmm. that's cool because it's like obviously this isn't as good as star wars but it's not meant to be or you can do the other one which is to say the thing that only michael haneke has done where you remake your own movie because you're like well the americans didn't watch it because there were subtitles let's not give them that excuse this time around uh and those are the two ways that shot for shot remakes can be good but if it's Someone else going, well, hey, I like Hitchcock. I bet I'm just as good as him. Check this shit out, everybody. It's, <laughs> talk about hubris. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It Hitchcock, truly, <laughs> I can't believe they made a shot for shot remake of the Twin Towers. Um, <laughs> what an act of hubris. What an act of hubris. Um, Twin Towers 2007. <laughs> Well, I know the episode title. It is going to be Twin Towers. I have a couple good ones. (laughs) Nine slash eleven slash two thousand (laughs) seven. Yeah, I came up with Ned too. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is suitably dumb. Blue and pink lighting. So I'm like, let's talk about this loser from BuzzFeed. Here's why the way that society treats men who cheat on their wives is problematic. And it's just him uploading a video. He has like a cartoon mustache taped onto his face, and that's the extent of it. And everybody's like, I think I think this I is hope Ned Flanders. Like why I left BuzzFeed video. <laughs> <laughs> why I left BuzzFeed. Well. It's like, well, I'm gonna be real with you guys. I did cheat on my wife. But that was with not the only factor. But it was consensual. <laughs> with an employee, to be clear, it was consensual. Um, with a girl I, I did not rape. Yeah, I, I made her sign an affidavit stating that exact thing, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here it is. I have it signed. It's framed on my wall. Uh, <laughs> that's, actually how, that's actually how his wife found out. Is she saw the signed documentation he had stating that it was not a coercive <laughs> relationship. And she said, what's this? Hey, hey Ned what's this he's like oh uh, uh nothing nothing here i can i can take that uh, and he returned it to its frame and put it back up on the wall she's like I, ned i feel like this is not nothing this is the name <laughs> of your employee i'm, re- I'm reading clearly the- states <laughs> i'm reading the fine print here and it's stating that you are not a rapist which yeah that's fine but also it states that- which Hang i guess on is now. better than the alternative but <laughs> she has like a big magnifying glass looking over it like it's like an ancient copy of the magna carta 
Now, so, between the lines here, yeah. just say it. Buried in various remarks about the latest Marvel movie are a couple sentences I just wanted to ask for ask a couple follow-up questions about. Apparently, uh, the girl has like a spinoff show called Food Babies, which I hate. Uh, no, yeah, you can't be doing that. I don't like it. I don't like the term food baby in general. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it is weird. I'm still not entirely sure. Is it literally just like when your stomach's a little big after you've eaten a lot? It's when you're bloated after you've eaten and it looks like you're pregnant. Yeah, man. Thanksgiving night after I've eaten all that turkey, I think to myself, this is exactly like a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yep. That's that's what I do. I I know what it's like. I can sympathize. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I see a pregnant woman on the street, I walk up to her and I'm like, no, I get it. I had lunch. <laughs> I hate it when my brothers touch my stomach after I've eaten a lot of food on Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I hate it when people ask me if it's a boy or a girl <laughs> and then ask if they can feel it kick. And I respond, uh, it is a turkey and mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to name it? <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I'm probably going to get rid of it. <laughs> Oh, in a couple of days, it will not be here. <laughs> I can't. No, I'm not going to keep going with this one. It will get gross both morally and just in general. We can bring this episode in for a landing. But actually, um, I'm going to return to my it's an act of hubris thing. I just want to I want to defend myself a little bit. I just think <laughs> I just <laughs> Look, I think you've, it's inviting disaster, right? If I got struck by lightning, I would not, I wouldn't go around. Are you victim blaming the Twin Towers? No, I am victim blaming everybody within the New World Trade Center if it gets 9-11 again. Because <laughs> uh, you know what you're getting into. Like, nowadays you can't go like, oh boy, I can't wait to go to my job at the World Trade Center. Hope nothing big happens today. Because uh, you... You know, it's, it might be at the back of your mind. It might be buried down there at the bottom. But you know, the men who you saw carrying briefcases of explosives into the office, they might be up to no good. Who's to say, really? Who's to say? Um, but yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not victim blaming the Twin Towers. I'm just saying that rebuilding them is an act of hubris. You know, if I got struck by lightning, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around carrying an umbrella with me all day. You know, I'd, <laughs> I would go, well, let's change my life so that so that this incredibly rare and not at all pre-planned attack doesn't happen again. Um, listeners sound off. Is this an insane take? Yeah. I don't think it is, personally. Um, I think this is a normal take. But cool. you're all free to disagree with me. Just tell us when you leave a five-star review for the show on Apple Podcasts. That's right. It only took almost... It only, only took a year and a half of podcasting for me to get down these transitions down. Um, so yeah, when you leave us that five star review, just comment and go like Matt's take on the world trade center was a little wild. Not sure why he chose this hill to die on. Um, you can also follow us on Spotify and anywhere else do you get your podcasts? Hell yeah. But you can't leave reviews on those ones. So you will need to follow us at Doug's own cast on both Twitter and Instagram. And then you can tag us in a post. Yeah, just tell me what you think. Just say like, Matt, I agree with you. You're actually on the right side of history on this one. And in about five days, when something big happens, we're all going to know you were right. 
Um, as a if side note, I actually happens, Matt. Uh. <laughs> I've got some stocks to short. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no. If, if something big happens, look, we ha- we accidentally predicted the queen dying. I think that's probably going to be what it peaks at for the next couple months, at least. Um, probably. But who knows? Uh, all I'm going to say is you can change that. Yeah, all I'm going to say is you know Frederick Jameson in Roanoke, Virginia. I know what's about to happen to you. Um, just, you know, stay away from cheese graters for the next couple days. Uh, and then, I don't know why I'm threatening a fictional man from Roanoke in the plugs. But, I don't know. Uh, Join see. us on the Patreon. Join Patreon. us on the Patreon. Yeah. yeah, that's the other plug. Oh, and also in the Discord. We haven't plugged that recently. Hell but, yeah. But it's popping It's always off. in the show notes. It's always, it's always in the show time. notes. Uh, we have a couple new people in the discord as of late and i love them each personally and deeply um hmm. all right yeah i think that's it uh (laughs) read program to kill and uh uh, oh right yes yes of course of course uh xoxo gossip dog